And welcome to season three of the True Patriot Podcast, folks. In our interview series here, we're going to continue on uh, with the interview. And we are checking back in with one of our premier anglers in the uh, True Patriots Anglers Network on the East Coast, Mr. David Fluker. Mr. Fluker, how the heck are you, man? Doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me back on the show. Of course, brother. Of course. So you're uh, now you're in South Carolina now, right? You moved. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Just trying to keep tabs on everything. Half time, I keep forgetting what state I'm in. So <laughs> try to keep tabs on you guys. That's right. So do you guys have like an off season down there like we do in the winter areas up here? No, no. So there's, there's fishing all year round down here. Uh, some of the some of the best. Uh, fishing is going to be that late fall going into the winter. Um, mainly how there's big, no one on the lake. <laughs> how big is your spare bedroom that you have? <laughs> it's big enough, brother. Come on down. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I tell you, I was just tell, telling you off air that I just, I hate the fact that I have an off season. You know, I've been, been trying to squeak out our waters in the, that's mid uh, to low 50s now up here, but we have, uh, Colorado, the issue we have is we have reservoirs, okay? All of our water is man-made, and much of it is agricultural, and it's drinking water. Uh-huh. So at a certain point, they just shut down. They they don't allow access. So, I mean, for literally five out of 12 months, some of these bodies of water are just, you can't even put a kayak on them. Yeah. You know, and it's like, now some of them, um, you can put a kayak, but it's got to be hand launch only. So you can't like guys like me who have a trailer now and I trailer my yak down to the water and shove it off the trailer, you know, fully loaded and geared. Can't do that anymore. So it's like, cause they, they close the ramps off. So yeah, man, I'm so wow. jealous of, the of those areas of the country where you can just keep on fishing. Cause it's a good time right now. Oh, it's a great time right now. Unfortunately, I'm boatless right now, but um, <laughs> we're going to get to that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get to that. That was crazy. So now last season, Dave, David, you fished the uh, primarily the MLF BFL series. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Did you fish any other events like local events? Little derby? No, I, I fished a few charity events uh, that were here. Uh, actually, one, which is a, a really good event uh, that I fished. A buddy, a buddy of mine, Bobby Edwards, puts it on um, uh, around September 11th. It's a, it's a veterans tournament. Um, so every nice. boat pro or, or just a local guy will take a veteran out for the day. And uh, it's a tournament, but at the end of the day, it's, it's about having fun, man, and, and, and yeah. sharing the uh, sharing the water and sharing the day with those guys. So, heck yeah, good stuff. Um, so, so BFL series this past year, were you able to get in a full schedule last year? I did. I did. Awesome. I fished the the full schedule of the uh, South Carolina division. I fished one uh, Buckeye division um, event. I ended up throwing fish back on the way back in. It wasn't <laughs> enough, and I wasn't fishing for points, so. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been in those positions myself where it's you you know it's not a point thing and quite frankly you you almost unless you got a shot at at the at a check you almost don't want to go in there and mess up somebody else's points you know type exactly. thing it's like that's, so that's that was my mindset I said you know I had had a couple of fish going back in and I'm like I'm not I'm not doing it for the points just to let someone slide in two three fish yeah so exactly awesome sometimes those are all right though there's a good to clear your head and just you know. Go up there. Oh, yeah. It's like we're not worried about striking out. You're just swinging for the fence. See what comes you know, out of it. That's exactly what that was. I wasn't worried about striking <laughs> out. I, I kind of went in for the kill and uh, 
there was actually a, the lake had been infested with grass over the last couple of years. And uh, it was a lot of it. And I just could, I couldn't find anything significant. And about halfway through the day, I let my tongue go. Hey buddy, it's your world, man. Whatever you want to do. I, uh, I ended up catching a couple and I was like, uh, it's your world, buddy. Let's get you five. So I hear you. Yeah. I, uh, have been there. So talk us through it, man. Uh, this last season here, where, where did you guys start out at? Yeah. So this year, uh, this past year, we started out at Lake Hartwell, uh, in February. Nice. Uh, that was good. Um, I believe we came back to, uh, Lake Murray. Nice. And from Murray, we went over to Clark's Hill, which is where I had a, uh, was kind of like the turn uh, of my, of my season. Oh no, I'm sorry. We went to Santee Cooper second. And then uh, over to Murray, then Clark's Hill. Um, and Clark's Hill was kind of the turn of my season. Up until that point, it was a little rough. I had a few different things going on, mainly the move, the new baby. My brain just wasn't. You know, <laughs> the first two tournaments of the year, I was always afraid when I was because da- I w- we were still living in Ohio at the time and I was fishing the South Carolina division. So the first two tournaments of the year, I kept thinking my wife is going to go into labor while I'm here. And my brain just, and there's no excuses, just, you know, all the exterior things that go on during, during fishing, the mental side, my mental just wasn't completely into it. Yep. And uh, the first tournament after my daughter was born was, um, I want to say it was Murray where I had boat issues. I had battery issues, mm. which, I mean, it killed my tournament. I was on some good fish. Um Still caught a couple, uh, weighed in at, I believe it was 10 o'clock. Still took great points from that. Um, but it hurt me. I was on a, I was on a lot of fish and, you know, just the name of the game. Uh, <laughs> been doing it long enough. You, you, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that random things like that happen, uh, quite frequently. I was going to say we can control what we can control. And oh, yeah. other than that, we just adapt and, and move with what, what's in front of us there. Oh, yeah. Good. And so then, so Clark's um, Hill. Clark's Hill. Yeah. So that's, that straddles South Carolina and Georgia. Uh, there's a couple, uh, the pro trail, there's a few pro, pro trails that actually go to Clark's Hill next year. Yes. So one of the other guys that's now in our little anglers network on the kayak side, uh, the real deal, Joshua deal himself. Yeah. Um, he fishes Clark's Hill quite a bit. So that's, you guys got oh. common ground there. I don't try to connect you guys up. He, oh, yeah, he yeah. also fishes out of a boat as well. He's got his yeah. bass boat. He just fishes competitively on the, the pro side on the, uh, the kayaks. Kayak side. So, yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah Clark, Clark's Hill is a great, I mean, only if, if nothing else, it's a beautiful lake. Uh, just like most of the lakes here in South Carolina, they're all, they're amazing. Um, but Clark's Hill was, was a turning point for me. Uh, I was able to catch fish all day doing what I love to do. And that's throwing a jig. Um, nice. Anyone knows me knows I throw a jig and I'll throw it all day if I can. And, and the Clark's Hill was kind of like that turning point for my season. It was kind of down up until that point. Um, but that lifted my spirits and going into the, the final, the final tournament, which qualified me for the third straight year for a regional championship. So awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. So talk to me, man. You were, you, so from one, one jig guy to another jig guy, that's talk to me. What were you, what spill the juice? What were you throwing out yeah. there? Yeah. So I actually have the jig here. It's uh, something I wanted to show you. It's a blue rock custom tackle. Uh, it's, a, it's called a 1099 jig. Um, what's cool about this jig that I like is it, it's compact, but it has a stout hook. 
Um, it's not a flimsy hook. It's not going to bend out, but it's a very compact jig. Now nice. the, the size that I, I throw kind of my primary size is going to be a, it's a seven sixteenth, which is, I believe it's close to like a half ounce. Yeah. Um, but that, that's one of the only sizes I throw, but I do like the smaller sizes. Um, I mean, whenever I can't get away with throwing a heavy jig, I, I'll throw a yep. smaller style, but even that, that half ounce is still compact. It's still smaller than what your average um, jig is. And it's going to have a stout hook, which I mean, 90% of my fish this year, I, I've weighed a fish in every tournament I've fished that I've weighed a fish came off a 1099 jig. Um, it, it was just one of those deals. Um, I'm already a, a confident person throwing a jig, but it, it just gets bit more than, you know, anything else that I was throwing. So I ended up throwing it all, all season and I never put it down. <laughs> and dude, that is so important when you know, right? I mean, you know, I'm cool here. If I'm not seeing bites, it's something else. It's not what I'm throwing. I know what I'm throwing is going to work. It's just a matter of, you know, that next. Now, in in fishing lingo, we know what that means. For those of you out there that are not around the fishing scene this in-depth, no, we don't really know. But in our mind, that's what we're saying, okay? You have to eliminate factors, bait, presentation, location, all these things. That confidence piece, when you have that, that next decision is going to be the right one, Man, that just goes so far when you're making these decisions and times on the line with that. Yeah. Um, now that the jig that you're throwing there is that tungsten or is that standard? No, it's 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 not it's not tungsten. It's a it's a standard lead head jig. It's a hand tied jig. Uh, Jesse nice. French, he he's he owns uh, Blue Art Custom Tackle. He hands tie hand ties all of these jigs. Um, they are. Before I move on from this point, I do want to make yeah. a point on your last point. Uh, there's something about being comfortable with a bit with a lure. Um, so if I'm in a if I'm in an area, and this happened a few times this year, I was in an area where I said I wasn't getting bit on this jig, and I, but I couldn't put it down. Well, <laughs> I didn't put it down. I just switched the colors and just kept going down the bank, and I started getting bit. And so nice. a lot of times when it comes to being comfortable with a bait, you, you, I'll switch every color and every size that I have before I put it down. <laughs> uh, That's it awesome. <laughs> Dude, it's a, you know, I read this year um, myself, I had, you know, started off, uh, didn't realize how big of a change kayak fishing was going to be compared to boat fishing. Learned right at the beginning of the season, having my my butt served to me on a platter by these guys out here uh, in Colorado. And took a month off and refocused, got some good advice all the way around the board from a couple people. Um, got re-energized, went back after it. And during my hot and heavy stretch, right before I left home, I was talking about, you know, those sponsors that have been with me forever. Okay. Altering tackle bass jigs has been with me the longest. Um, and like you, I, I just believe in these things. I love these jigs. I have more than I'll probably ever be able to throw but I never find myself wanting or needing something I don't have, you know, in their line. Um, but I just told my wife, I don't know why I got away from throwing one, but I'll tell you what, I'm throwing one when I get up to Lewis and Clark. One way or another, a jig's getting thrown in that Missouri River. And dude, at the end of the day, to fast forward, make a long story short, it was the killer. I put a three-eighths ounce finesse jig in my hand. And went to work on cut banks 
and just literally I and it was one jig is all it took. And that thing is so beat up because there, <laughs> those were some big fish that were hitting that thing. And we were, I mean, I was throwing that right into the middle of just some gnarly one little pocket, you know, in this, you know, uh, stick sticks and twigs and grass. And I'd pitch it and get it right in there, kind of rattle it through. So it would shake its way down and just horse it out of there with that 17 pound floral. And yeah, man, it's, it, it got back to the point where um, I changed out the jig just because that one, I just kind of retired it, hung it up because it was just all chipped up and beat up (laughs) at the end of that. But every place I went, whether I planned to throw it or not, it was in the back of the kayak. It was, oh, yeah. it was rigged up and it was sitting there in a moment's notice. I'll Thank throw you. that over a creature bug. I'll throw that over a Senko, you know, I'll throw it. Yeah. Over I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm, uh, when mine start getting beat up and shipped up and, and they're at the ugliest point that they can be, I just cut the line, retie and throw it right back. Out. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love, I love my jigs to get beat up. Um, so with these, uh, with these, 1099 jigs man they they get beat i i throw them i mean nice. I, I really throw them all day long and, that's uh, awesome they're beat up I, I won't even i won't touch them up i won't touch the paint up i'll just i'll throw a new trailer on there throw it right back out there see i retire mine on my little wall of you know uh, hall of uh, fame yeah. basically i just kind of put them up there going i remember you we have got to get together sometime next season and just go out and just put a beaten on someplace with some jig bike that would just oh. be a blast the biggest fish i've ever caught when i've been out have been on jigs it's always been that way oh. mike mcclelland i'll never forget this mike mcclelland we're at the mississippi river lacrosse and he he's hitting them on uh on a, on a jig on, on cut banks and he says biggins like the jig man i'm just telling you that right now when mcstick gives you that advice you know oh, yeah. you're gonna follow it <laughs> i uh the biggest fish i, I my, my pb came on a jig nice and i caught a stud this year at clark's hill on a jig uh going down a, a bank that was overlooked by every you know 100 and i don't know 80 some other anglers overlooked this bank it was just it was a long bridge with riprap and i was and there was a shelf so the rock kind of came in the water. Then there was a, another shelf in about 12 feet of water that dropped off again. And I went straight down that shelf up and down, caught all my fish. Uh, nice. Within, uh, I probably caught my biggest fish within a 500 yard stretch. That's awesome. I stayed there. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so jigs uh, definitely catch big fish, but not only big fish, they catch all fish. So yeah. I, uh, Blue yeah, rock spot- tackle. That's who it is. Yeah. yeah okay. blue, so blue rock custom tackle. Uh, custom tackle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they're actually out of Southern Ohio. Um, nice. uh, it's a family-owned company. Uh, the owner Jesse French is a, is a great friend of mine, and um, he makes a he makes a darn good jig. So, awesome. you know, I, I, I wouldn't sell it. You know, if, if it wasn't, uh, I wouldn't put my name on it if it wasn't if it wasn't uh, a legit jig. But I, I do throw it, and I I have lots of them. And, I, and every co-owner that's fished with me this year has at some point had one in his hand, or I really <laughs> bought some. So. <laughs> That's I'll awesome. Man. <laughs> yeah, you and I are of the of the same lineage when it comes to there's there's a lot of great products out there. We're not saying these are the only ones, but if you're gonna if you hear me say I recommend it, it's because I use it, believe in it. You and I, we believe the same way about that. Absolutely. So uh and we'll make sure in production I'll get Blue Rock custom tag, I'll get their stuff put up on here, website uh and all that good stuff. So folks, give them a give them a check there if you see what uh, Mr. Fluker's slinging around out there. The it's called the what's the series again you were throwing called a 1099 jig. 1099 gotcha 
Awesome. Well, good stuff. So we're at Clark's Hill. Was that about mid season at that point? Yeah. So Clark's Hill was, uh, yeah. So it was the third, it was the third tournament in. Yep. Um, don't fact check me. I'm not hundred percent sure. I believe it was, I think it was the, no, it was the fourth tournament. So we went, we went Hartwell, Santee, Murray, Clark's Hill. So a little bit over halfway in um, is when that tournament was. So talk, talk to me. I mean, you've fished these places before, but to a guy like me, who's fished primarily the North and the Ozarks, the Midwest, and now, you know, a little bit West here, these lakes you're talking about, man, these are like bucket list, legendary. I have read about these. I grew up hearing about these lakes. Um, you know, when I went to Pickwick this year, the the first couple of days, I was just literally taken aback with, I'm in a kayak and I'm looking around at these bluff walls and these beautiful scenery of Alabama, Tennessee. And I'm like, I'm freaking on Pickwick Lake, man. I mean, this is, yeah. there have been champions, you know, of our sport crowned on these bodies of water that you are just casually going out and fish i mean does do you find yourself getting caught up in some of that or is it just kind of normal for you now um early on i i would get i was getting caught up in the you know in the fact that i was fishing like a santee cooper or a right. pickwick and right. um and you know i kind of settled in and, and still went like pickwick yeah i just recently a few weeks ago just got back from pickwick uh fishing that championship and um you know, I was going down a bank in the morning and I'm just staring off. And I mean, it was just so beautiful. And I'm thinking, man, you know how many big tournaments have been held here? Or, yeah. you know, I mean, at large scale tournaments or how many guys that are, are heavy hitters or hammers in our industry yeah. uh, have fished these lakes and won on these lakes. And yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a surreal moment when you're when you're out there. But uh, I don't know, at some point it kind of just it, it uh, just, it clicks. just clicks. And yep. it said, you know, then, then you tell yourself like, hey. It's time to go to work. Yep. <laughs> you know, work. Yeah. I think it's so important though that you do take a chance because I mean, we're reminded every season that we should be extremely grateful for the fact that we get a chance to go out and do something like this that we Absolutely. love. And it's never guaranteed. You know what Absolutely. I mean? At any given moment, any given time, life happens, and we may never, you know, have a chance to go do that again, you know, at that location, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's well worth just kind of sitting, like you said, going down that bank and just taking that in, man. And just soaking in, it, it feels yeah. good. It feels good. And, and for me, uh, Pickwick Lake was a, uh, at, in the beginning of the season, I said, it started out pretty rough, uh, with, you know, I had battery issues, which I don't anymore. Thanks to X2 power, um, <laughs> more, more to come on that. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, it started out a little rough for me. I didn't think I was going to make it. Uh, again, I qualified for the third straight year for a regional championship, uh, fishing Good the BFL, stuff. try trying to get to an All American. Um, but yeah, it didn't it didn't look possible. I, I started out in the hole and then uh, just turned it on. Clark's Hill was kind of that uh, kind of that turnaround point, and from there, kind of awesome. turned on. So when I got to Pickwick the very first day of practice, I it, I was taken back and I said, you know, this was a this is a hard fought season. You know, it was a hard fought season in a new division. Uh, yeah. Took me back. And it's not only that, it's a beautiful place. I mean, you were there. I mean, it is gorgeous. I mean, it's, it really is. It's a beautiful place. I actually found myself on the final day. So three of us that stayed in an Airbnb. Um, we're pretty sure I was pretty sure I found a place I could put my chin down and go grind and work out a small limit. And by the hearing everybody out there talking, it sounded like, you know, that limit's going to go a long way. 
um, because our field was just, there was a lot of guys that were not finding there was, as always, there was like five to 10 that were just mashing on them. And it's like, I don't know if you're, you know, are we fishing in the same lake? You know, where are you finding these things? But, um, and then the other guys, they were pretty confident. Actually, one of the guys here, he was on fish that he could have been in contention to win. Um, and then we go out on day one and it's kind of squawks out on all of us, man. We all drove the struggle bus. I came home and to, to blew me away. I was actually sitting better than the, my, the other two buddies of mine. And that was not, you know, not a good thing. Cause I was not sitting that great at all, but our final day, we decided to go to a place that none of, we knew we were not going to be in contention to, to cash a check. Right. So we went to a brand new ramp. We had never been to in practice. We just wanted to go see this end of Pickwick and just go take a peek at it. And I remember thinking to myself, this is so freaking beautiful. I need to see if I can get my wife to come back. We just stay at this place over here and just maybe rent a boat or something, or just go out and let, you know, let her see the, the lake. It was just, it's, it's that kind of destination in some of those areas. It's just beautiful. It's those, it's the TVA lakes, uh, any of the lakes in Tennessee, but it's really those TVA lakes. They, they are all like that. I mean, um, I, I don't know if you've ever been to Cherokee, but mm-hmm. Cherokee is, is another place where it, it, it takes you back. I mean, it, it took me uh, a couple of years ago, if it's a championship there, it took me a couple of days, like a couple of hours on the first day to really kind of ground myself just because everything. Looked <laughs> wow. Way. Old oh, Hickory. Yeah. That's been the only other TVA that I've okay. been on was old Hickory for a ABA national championship. I got a chance nice. to fish that. Yeah. I see. I've, ne- I've never been up, up to old Hickory. Yep. It was, that was uh, still to this day, it's the longest I've ever uh, driven in my boat to get to a fishing spot. I was looking for grass and the place I had found grass was literally from the launch, 40 miles upriver. And uh, yeah, yeah, just jumped in the boat, took off, sipping coffee well, the whole way <laughs> and dodging logs, man, because there was a lot of debris in that water. On the, on the topic of long runs, we left out of Pickwick State Park at one end at one dam. For the first day of the tournament, I ran 56 miles up to the uh, to the other. I think it was the Wilson Dam up there. Wilson Dam, yeah. I ran 56 miles. That was the the longest run. I, I mean, it was like I was driving, and I'm like, I'm still driving. <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long ride, man. Like, is this still was, fresh water? <laughs> yeah, I was. I didn't. I had no idea. I was like, man, this is. So I practiced there, but I never made the. Uh, I never made the run for for gas, you know, sake. I didn't make the run there in practice, but I knew between here and there i mean i can i can make it i'm in a boat i did i didn't anticipate it being that long of a run it was bad it was a long way (laughs) yeah that is and at that time you've gone through three states if you make that run like that because you you actually do cut through mississippi Uh Uh, you you start in tennessee through mississippi into alabama yeah yeah Yeah, i was trekking i put some miles on the boat man (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome so you're there at pickwick and the like most cringiest pictures that I've seen in a long time show up on my screen afterwards. I mean, you handle it like a pro as always adversity comes your way, you deal with it, move on. But like we were talking before this one, I mean, that's, that's got a, you know, that creates a pucker factor, man. So talk us through what, and I'm going to, uh, as you're talking, I'm going to share up some, some of yeah. those pictures you, you put up there. Yeah, so on day two of the tournament, I um, so on day one of the tournament, I ended up finding a, a little. Um, I actually found a bluff wall 
uh, that was that was holding fish, and I found it late. And I said, I'm gonna. I don't want to make a 56 mile run anymore. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna go and fish this. It's it was probably 20 miles from from the ramp. Well, I got there and uh, I fished it. But on the way back, I was going to another pocket that I had fish in. I was running out in the middle of Pickwick Lake, in probably 80 something feet of water, when I heard the loudest. I mean, metal pinging sound possible. Ah. Uh, and uh, so I went from about 70 some odd miles an hour to about 20 and my motor was shaking like it was getting ready to throw itself out into the lake. So I trimmed the, <laughs> I trimmed my, my big motor up and I, and I asked my co-owner, I said, could you, uh, could you kindly check back there to see if my prop is still intact? And he, he looked and he says, you might want to get up and see this. And right then I knew it was, it was bad, but I, you know, I was thinking I, I could, there's no way I could have hit anything unless it was a floater out in the middle of the lake. Right. Uh, well, when I went to look at it, the, uh, one of the ears of the uh, prop were just, I mean, it was completely shredded apart. I, and I've never seen with my own eyes, a prop do this. Uh, but it, then it got worse. It was that ear, of the, you know, after inspecting it, I found that that ear had slung itself up into the gear case and cracked the actual lower unit. Oh. So, hey, I was it, there was all types of um, there was all types of issues going on there. And, you know, I, I say uh, I was out in the middle of the lake. There was no one around me, no other competitors for as far as the eye could see. The water was 70 degrees and there was one and I mean, absolutely one boat out there. And it was a wakeboard boat um, and a guy with, a, with his family it was maybe 20 yards from me. And I said, you know, I, I used the trail motor to get over to him and I asked him to tow me back in. And, uh, you know, I, I forgive me. I don't remember his name, but he took me back in. I said, hey, you know, I've got 100 bucks cash. Like and he's like, no, and he's like, man, I, you, you, you're going to need it. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was that 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 story. Uh, the worst part about that is at that point, I was only about eight pounds out of 12th place to take me into day three. I just uh I kind of felt mentally and, and fishing is a very emotional and, and mentally draining sport. You know, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I felt drained, but at the same time, I, I said it could be worse and um, I can only control what I can control. And uh, it was time for me to start thinking about next year because my, my tournament was over. <laughs> you know, at the, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we don't, this I've, you know, we shared those pictures. I've never seen a, a prop shear like that. Like you said, if it just had to, you know, from, I don't know, maybe just torque, you know, in itself, just through that blade. But at the end of the day, fact is you were safe. You came home and that's, you know, that they're, they're in win, got to win. This stuff can be, you know, it can be replaced. You can, you can handle that. Um, And you told me some cool stuff here. I just, I'm not with them this year. This is the first time in many years that I've not applied back to the team just because I'm not allowed to put a mercury on the back of my, of my kayak, but I still will, will, will forever, you know, bleed mer- mercury. Those that, that company, their motors have, have done me right my entire life. What was, what was their call on this? What their, their final resolution? Yeah, so I'm going to be getting. Uh, they're, they're, we're going to warranty out the uh, the prop and the and the uh, lower unit. So wow, um, yeah. So that's going through the uh, the process and everything now. So we're we're just waiting patiently through the uh, the best time to fish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 
boatless. I, I have to stare at my friends right now. I'm even considering <laughs> going to buy a kayak. Yes. I just want to get on the water. I got a good deal on one. If you're ever interested, you let me yeah. know. I can get you connected up with a good new canoe, man. You would. Uh, yeah. They're they're perfect for big dudes like you and me, man. They uh, oh, they yeah. hand, they handle. Yeah, that's that's well. my big problem is I'm scared of to get in a kayak. Yeah. I've got good balance, but kayaks make me nervous. So. I'm just going to flat out now that I've, I've had a chance to see now I have full disclosure. I've never been in another kayak to fish out of, but I can tell you after fishing around them and seeing, you know, many of my buddies that are out in them, um, the new canoe unlimited is a unique platform okay. and that 360 swivel seat that we have our fusion seat combined with our well thought out and designed hull and 41 inch wide kayak makes it so that a guy like my size, 6'1", 240, I can sit in that thing and, you know, I'm moving around, grabbing tackle and such. And I never now, I, I never worry about it tipping. I mean, if anything's going to happen, I'm going to be a goofball and fall out of it before it ever flips. This thing is, it's not like, um, you know, so the, the rule of thumb is skinnier, uh, more tippy kayaks are fast. Okay. Yeah. I don't need fast. I have a trolling motor. It's stable. Hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need. Um, and so my, my battleship, you know, as I'm pushing water out there with this thing, it's, uh, you know, and to be, you know, in all honesty, the thing actually does do pretty well for a big kayak because other, there's other kayaks out there that are in that big class you know, size that weigh like 150 pounds. The, the unlimited is only like 90 pounds or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's all about gear. That's it's about what you choose. Um, Hobie, you know, they're, they're, I mean, the best of the best, but they're five, $6,000, you know, for a kayak to get in. And that's a base model. That's no motors. That's no nothing. Um, And most people I know that's just, you know, that's not in their wheelhouse right out the gates, you know, when they're still trying to decide the new canoe line. I mean, you can get in a, into a, a new canoe with a motor on it, you know, be it bow or transom mounted and you're still running around, you know, three. Yeah. See, that's yeah. No motor, cost. <laughs> no motor. You're, you're just under two. You know what I mean? It's like the motors shoot a third, the price. Yeah, I've seriously considered, uh, I've seriously considered getting a, a kayak. I, I, this new wave of kayak fishing is, is awesome. So I Dude, it's big kayak. in your area. Oh yeah. I, so there's several, there's tournaments to go out every weekend, basically kayak tournaments here. But, uh, so I, I mean, I, so I live here on Lake Murray. I'm about five minutes away from the ramp where all the nice. kayaks go out of, um, so I, I said, you know, on t- times like this, I'd love to have a kayak. I'd, I'd go, I would have went out today and, and paddled around, caught some fish. I haven't caught a fish since Pickwick. And, and, you know, we always talk about the off season and fishing, but now I'm starting to get antsy and it's, <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. So here, here's the best, all my, my, to those guys like you that are my buddies that are in the boat world. Here's what I'll tell you. Have you ever ridden a motorcycle on streets? I have. Yep. You know how a motorcycle makes you a way more defensive driver? Uh-huh. Think of kayaks as motorcycles on the water, except we're not as nimble. Yeah. Okay, we're not as agile. You are going to find yourself, when you get in a kayak and you go bass fishing, you are going to notice things that you never noticed from the deck of your boat. Huh. You are going to start paying attention to certain things going, 
in one day, the wind has changed direction six times around here. In a boat, we maybe noticed it two, three times. Yeah. But in a kayak, dude, it's blowing you around. It's moving your your vessel. You will it 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 hones in certain skill sets in inside a kayak. You know, we it has its deficiencies, of course, in the fact that um, I can't take off and run, you know, to another location and fish another main lake point or get to go find grass. I launched here. I got to find something here. I got to pick all the meat the off of this scrawny little chicken bone right here. <laughs> does that, but that, does that help you sometimes? Because you don't have the ability to kick up that big yeah. motor and run 40 minutes down the way. You, you've got to fish here. With yeah. what you have. And there's always there's fish everywhere in the lake. So yep. I, th- I think it would, it would help a little bit more not being able to run. It helps, you, it helps your skill set for sure. But what it does uh, create in uh, things that I had to learn the hard way is that I used to have, when I got in a boat, my objective was five in the boat. Okay. I don't care if it's a small limit, put five in the boat. And if I'm not doing that, then I got no business trying to step up to the next level. Yeah. Okay. In a kayak, that's an unrealistic view because this area that you're launching in, I mean, this is what you're stuck with, right? Huh. You, can, you can stretch out four or five miles and you're whooped. And so is your batteries by the end of it, you know? <laughs> but you can't just go find, you know, this, this one pattern that, you know, is working all around you have to, you know, kind of hone into this area. It also changes the quality of fish that you're going to get, um, you know, uh, putting, you know, five, 12 inches, you know, up on the board in a boat tournament, half time 12 isn't even permitted, you know, I yeah. mean, unless it's a spot, you know, type thing. And that's in the Ozarks. But for us, even at the pro level, 12 is the minimum, you know, because in they have, because they have to figure that in, you know, that you don't have, the full body of water at your disposal to go see. And now so, I'm thinking about that. That that changes the way you attack practice. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah everything. Your map study, your historical. I mean, that. Uh, yeah. To give away, uh, you know, one of the best pieces of advice that was given to me by a very accomplished pro: historical data. Yeah. You know, you got to start looking back and where do the big guns? Where did they do well? You know, right. if I'm going to a new body of water, I'm going to look at the boat series. I'm going to look at all these other series. I'm spilling some some beans right now for a lot of guys in the kayak game trying to come in. You look at tournaments about where these things happened. And at the highest level, they, they'll show you right where they did it. Oh, yeah. That helps you if you don't know where to start. That kind of gives you, a, you know, an area. That's what I had to do at Bull Shoals. Yeah. No, like, that's good. That's, uh, I, that's, it's part of my repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look at everything. I mean, anytime, anything in that information, Tom, I, anything I want to, I want to find everything. I want to know best colors. I was going to say, there's so much crossover between the boats and, and the kayak piece there. Um, you know, but they're, you know, where the differences are, they're very thick divided lines just in how you approach a tournament. But at the end of the day, dude, catching fish, catching fish, right. I'm still throwing a jig. I'm still throwing, you know, braided line and half that stuff. I'm still throwing, you know, big vicious fishing, you know, 17 pound floral around here <laughs> wherever I can in that stuff. Or I've got a, still got a seven, six, you know, uh, medium heavy rod that I'm slinging around with, you know, crankbaits way out as far as I can. And uh, so, yeah, it's still, the, still the same, same there. We got we got to get you out here to to Lake Murray and chase oh. some of these blueback herring fish. Yes, 
We we should do that. We should definitely get together next year. I have to. Uh, we're we're kind of working on you know some of our stop piece for the long haul runs. There we've got our we've got a tentative schedule that's coming out, and now I'm waiting on Bass to release theirs. Yeah. Because we'd like to hit a little bit more of their events. They're to me, they're the biggest name in kayak. Um, guys will argue that Hobie is the mm-hmm. Hobie boss because the yeah. most money is won there. But the most linear, recognizable name is Bass. There's yeah. just no no way around that. You can't argue that. Hobie's done amazing things with their Bass Open series. And I love how they're paying out anglers. Um but the Bass Kayaks National Series has the biggest name, longest, you know, uh, and the most possibility for a future and prestige that's going to come with right. it. So there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff coming with with kayak. I, I you know, I, it, I pay attention to it, uh, you know, off to the side. I like to see uh, what's going on. Uh, s- s- some of my uh, rod company mates um, um, actually fish uh, the some of the bass. Um, his last name is Queen. I, for some reason, I just forget his name. Jody uh, Queen. Jody Queen. Gosh, I, he's sorry, part Jody. of. No, he's, he's, he, I'm sorry. I was going to say he's like the KVD of pretty much yeah. of kayak fishing, and we've had him on the show here. Yeah, yeah we, Jody. Uh, so he he he, he worms with uh with Cashin fishing Cashin. with myself. Yeah. yeah. So he uh, he's making some noise there, and that, and you know it's it's got nice. my attention. I like to I like to see it. I like to see it. You know what's awesome about Jody is that is that he has been one of the biggest inspirations for me. Um, he didn't start competitively fishing until he was about 50. Yeah. Well, in two days, I turned 50. Um, <laughs> and he's now 57. And the guy pretty much, if he's going to touch on a body of water, whether he's been there or not, he's going to top 10 the thing almost all the time. Right. And, you know, th- from the reader glasses I use when I'm in my kayak, <laughs> down to uh some help when you you throw three four thousand casts a day or whatever and their arthritis starts kicking in and you know wearing the hands out you know these type of things all the way down to you know he gave me the best advice when i was struggling and it was time on the water man he knew without without even uh, he knew that's what i was lacking uh with my approach and so yeah we took put more time on the water and sure as heck uh, all of a sudden things started to come together we're making better decisions but yeah jody's he is the man for sure so cash and rods yeah they uh he was talking about some of those on our on our interview there that there was a lot of uh just the way they're designed they they're yeah so so something cool um just for the kayak world they actually have an entire kayak series uh line line yes yeah so that that's that's actually pretty cool that like i said the uh i i see the kayak I see kayak fishing getting big. I see it, you know, even the, even the kayak classic, you know, at the classic, I was paying attention to that. And, uh, and I think a lot of people are, I think it's making a lot of noise and it's, it's, and we kind of talked about this before, but um, it's giving, it's giving a lot more anglers, other opportunities to join, you know, a a prominent trail. I mean, you can do other things than, you know, we know with boat prices and, and I love my Falcon. I do. And I love, you know, everything yep. about a boat, but we know with boat prices that the average, um, you know, my, my son, when he's 18 years old, may not be afforded the opportunity to get out and get a new boat and, and nope. fish, but a kayak, I think, I think that's more attainable for a lot, a lot of people. And there's a lot of really good fishermen that, that are kayak fishermen. Kayak. Uh, yeah. Cost, cost of entry into one of those trails. And right now, um, most of your local things, the payouts aren't, aren't, on par just yet but if you go to like um the national series like uh hobie boss 
that's those that's serious money coming out of that one. Um, Bass, uh, Bass is equivalent to I would say on par with like BFL payouts right now. As the numbers increase, those payouts go even higher. You know for sure. Yeah. The All American Kayak Series, which is the one of the main that I fish uh, on the uh, professional national series that's out there, that's on par with like BFL. But okay. the b- big difference is, you know, the the cost of operation is a heck of a lot cheaper. A lot, you know? Way cheaper, especially yeah. gas. Price. There's so many. Um, I mean, there's tons of areas that, that I mean, gas price, gas just in itself yep. is going to it's starting to come back down now. But for a boat, I mean, 50 gallon boat, I mean, you're you're blowing a wall just to get out there and practice, which I mean, I, even at the highest level, whether they admit it or, or not, it changes the way you practice. You're not going to oh. run out and run 200 miles in practice, you know, to go find fish. I'll, I'll, I'll rather pull my boat out and go put in that different ramp. I rather put gas in my 27 gallon truck than yep. my 50 gallon boat. So. Dude, when you said you ran 56 miles of Pickwick, I was just like, Ooh, ouch. That's got, <laughs> that's going to hurt the gas tank. <laughs> it hurt, but I went, you know, I, at, it was at that point that was on day one of the tournament. At that point I said, cause I had found fish everywhere in between, but I said, I'm here for a chance. I'm, I'm swinging. I'm swinging yeah. for the fence. Whatever happens, happens. And, uh, the, you know, the way I, we, we weren't fishing for points. I was fishing for a chance to go, to go fish in the, in the all American. It's a huge tournament. And I said, let's just do it. Let's you know it, it took me, I was passing all of my other spots, my waypoints on my screen, my little 12 inch graph of I'm riding. I'm thinking, Nope, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I finally got all the way up and I, you know, it was, it was a long run. It was, it was a doozy. That was yep. a good one. that all Americans quite the deal, man. Uh, you know, few people have heard of, of, of a guy named Jacob Wheeler who actually started off by winning the all American. I've heard of him once or twice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's, he's made a little bit of noise, you know, for sure. You know, real quick, before we move on to some current events here, Cashin, one of the things that I, that they're doing along with a few other manufacturers, the kayak uh, requirement in rods, what makes it so different? People immediately think, you know, shorter fishing rods. That's their mm-hmm. first thought. It's not necessarily the truth. In most cases, um, like I said, I, I still uh, load up with a pair of seven sixes every time yeah. I go out. Um you will find some of the butt ends of these shorter. a little bit shorter just to, because of the PFD that we have on. Um, but even that, that uh, seven, six rod that I was throwing that, that it fits, you know, right. If you can see it fits right in the, yeah. you know, locks right in here for me. And so I can even pop it out if I need to, yeah. you know, come up on it or whatever. You're able to get good leverage. You yep. Know. yep. Yeah. But the biggest pieces, I'll be honest with you that I discovered it's the, power to action ratio of what you're dealing with yeah in a kayak your hook set you can't get the kind of throw that you can get from the deck of your falcon yeah so in most cases like this the the lightest i mean i do have a couple moderate fast i no longer other than my spin rods i no longer have just moderate tips anymore my action is a moderate fast or fast or extra fast because I need that backbone hooking up quick. Cause yeah. I don't, I can't do a long sweeping cast. Like I would do with a, with a Carolina rig, you know, you where I just back and, exactly, yeah. exactly. So you have to, to get a good hook set in there. It's also affected the way I, I mess with my drag, you know, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, th- I use a, an egg beater a lot more than I ever have, you know, just because huh. Um, sometimes my distance and accuracy is a little better with a spin cast, you know, real, 
um, than than certain areas. So yeah, it's a, you do have to you know kind of go through and just find what works best for you. You know, when yeah, it comes no, it to changes that. the game a little bit. Uh, and you can only it. take eight rods. And my my and I'm actually some guys are only going out with like six, and I'm like. I got a garage full of rods and reels sitting back here that it came out of my nitro before I sold it. You know, I'm like, gee, when Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, I am gonna do. I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll let you know when it happens. But I yeah. am gonna, I just want to maybe go out and fish one kayak tournament just to, just to do it. It's, I think it'll be fun. Check with uh, some of your local outfitters that carry kayaks. A lot of times, uh, they'll have demo days, so okay. you can just go out and test them. Uh, sometimes they'll have rentals fishing, you know, kayaks that you can rent and take out yeah. that way. You don't have to go full, you know, oh, and like I said, let me try to connect you with uh, Josh deal out in that neck of the woods. Um, and he may know of some guys that actually have, you know, cause a lot yeah. of guys have a couple. I mean, if we were closer, I've got a garage with four, you know, kayaks sitting down yeah. here. Well, if we weren't so <laughs> many uh, states away, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're like in a, we're in, you know, a different day apart here. <laughs> I got another, I have another buddy that, uh, that's, it's, you may have heard Bailey Igret. Uh, he, he's, he's pretty, yeah. He's won a few, few things this year with Hobie and nice other things that, yeah, he actually, um, Ike, the Ike foundation kayak tournament. He actually okay. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah Bailey's, I- Bailey's good, but he, he's like, uh, I, I've been, I've been paying attention to a lot of his stuff too. And yep. it, I mean, it, it's really catching fire. I mean, it's, it's yep. slowly, it's secretly catching fire, but I think it's, it's catching a lot of steam. It's the fastest growing in the sport fishing industry right now. Our sector okay. is it just, you know, further and further bass is a, has said they're about to announce something big for next year. So we're all waiting to see what that's going to be. Yeah. It's like, all right. Let's do it. Time yeah. to take it out a new door here, you know. So we'll see what they do. So speaking of all these other areas here, we're talking around this. Um, some of the current events that came out here. Uh, I don't know if you and I spoke about this on our last one, but I've I've I talked about this that I could see this being a natural progression for the MLF. Um, that MLF when it first came out back in like 2011 was doing their cup events. And all of a sudden, every fish they caught above a pound mattered. And it was cumulative. And it was about how many fish you could catch, not just your five biggest. Cup events were a a resounding success. Uh, You know, some of the best ratings on the outdoor channel that they had ever seen. People tuning into these cool events, these odd deals. Enter the Bass Pro Tour a couple of years back. And all of a sudden, now they're going to carry the same forward, you know, format forward. 80 of the world's top anglers leave bass, come over and FLW, and they start this thing. Um, And then all of a sudden, you got people coming out of the woodwork, you know, that want to see five fish at the live well. They want to see them brought up to the scales. Um, And so began the the big, you know, split out there. After a couple of years of doing this, and I think the, the Bass Pro Tour wanting to pick up its viewership a little bit higher. Yeah. It looks like there's been a, the, and the anglers, I think is the biggest piece that people need to understand is that the MLF is continuing with their promise, which is anglers decide the future of this, which is not happening in bass, which is not happening in any other sector of the, you know, uh, at the, at the BFL level, at the Toyota series, at the tackle warehouse, none of us get a chance to, you know, vote or have a say on this. The Bass Pro Tour, though, continues to be by angler vote. They decide. And so what they've gone to now is that they're going to 
catch weigh release still maintain their conservation but now they're only going to be judged on their five biggest fish yeah very you know and what's funny is people out there there's a group of folks out there that think this is all brand new and so weird and i was like hey yo since about 2020 2019 we've been doing catch photo release getting judged on our five biggest guess what it works you know, and we have very few fish that die in our, in our format, very few. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that this is cool. They catch way release. Um, what do your feel? What's, what are your thoughts on this about where it's going to yeah. go? I mean, is it, is it, I, is I think it, I think it's, it's good and it will catch, I think it will catch on. I don't know that all, um, major companies that, that run, that are running tournaments are going to adopt it. But I knew I do know that major league fishing going to this change is is good. Um, I, I think that not only from a viewership standpoint, but a lot of fans that were uh, true fans of, of five fish limits uh, were kind of they, they kind of were turned off with major league fishing when, when you go out and catch. And you and I fish, we know to go out even, and even catch a hundred, you know, two pounders or one pounders. I mean, that's hard. I mean, that you can't. <laughs> but. I think it's funny when guys are like, anybody can do that. Really? No, you can't. Jump in there. Uh, (laughs) Go jump in one. (laughs) I've had several off-air conversations with people and where they say, anyone can go out and catch 71 pounders. You sure? You want to put some money on that? Because I I, I would would beg differ. I would think that you can't. (laughs) Yep. Uh, But uh, my stance on it is I I think MLF listened to the anglers. The anglers are for – fish conservation. I mean, they're, they're, yep. that is one of the things that they're not going to, they're not going to come off of. And it's the reason why the, the big splits happened uh, for fish con- conservation and the catchway release format. Now going to the catchway release, but weigh your best five. I, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. It's going to bring more people back in. Um, honestly, I, I have no, I, I'm a, I'm a five fish guy. Like I like taking five fish into the scales, but yep. to think about the longevity of the sport, and where the sport will go. So fishing right now, and this is just through some research that I've done. Fishing right now is is I believe it was eight times more popular than it was when I was a kid. Yep. Right. There's there's a lot more people watching it. There's a lot more people buying fishing rods. A lot more uh, fishing licenses being sold. But what that does is it increases the fishing pressure. Um, Big so time. Every if, if all these lakes, you know, all these world, you know, like we spoke about a little bit earlier, all these world world-class lakes that everyone wants to fish if they're going out there and, sh- and shoving five fish into the in the live wells and keeping them in there all day just to go and take pictures and let them go at the end of the day or even tournament guys you know we we take them and you know we take good care of them in the live well but they're still in the live well all day long yeah um, you know the the fish mortality rate um and i think that a lot of um the research was the delayed fish mortality rate you know that that's that's a real thing the five days after release yeah that was so, a huge one so that, you know, given that, and, and I, I know I'm trying to be very open-minded about this because I, I do like both formats right now, yep. um, but I do think the way of the future is catch weigh and release the five fish and, and be judged on those five fish at the end of the day. Now you no. won't have fish to bring to the scales, but I do like the, uh, I like the thrill of still being able to see what your competitors are doing. Um, I was going to say the, the instant score tracker factor is what really changes a ton. I got to tell you, I've had an opportunity now on the kayak side to know 
our standings are readily available and people can watch it live as the event's going on. Now, mind you, we do have a fair number of sandbaggers out there that don't submit their catch right away. Yeah. Um, they, they catch them, they take their photo, they put it in tourney X, we can put it in what's called a live well. So you can just hold it in your live well, not submit it to the leaderboard right away. Yeah. In some cases, you're taking these pictures you can't submit because you don't have signal. So you yeah. have to hold tight till you get back to the ramp you know, basically, or get into an area of the lake where you can actually submit, you know, the pictures then. But I've, you know, like at the, when I was at Lewis and Clark, um, you know, it actually helped me make a call. I, I, I flipped it and as opposed to pressure. I ended day one and fifth by the, uh, uh, I tried something brand new that I hadn't done at all on day two. And it didn't pan out. So I went back into what I knew was, you know, what I thought was working. Yeah. Only put a couple of fish in the boat doing that. And I'm thinking, what's going on? And by literally by like 9 30, 10 o'clock, I look at the live leaderboard. I'm sitting in 11th. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Well, immediately my brain goes, wait a minute. That just probably means this thing is starting to fish more normal. Because yeah. day one, it was fishing weird. I was like one of only eight guys that put a limited in the boat out of 60 oh. anglers. It was, and it was just because I, I junk fished it. Yeah. I had like a chatter bait. I had a swim bait. I had a buzz bait. I had all different fish that I had put in there just from just throwing everything at them that I could. <laughs> and bite something, bite something. Yeah. Well, it was for my days in the boat fishing, man. Just learning how to junk fish fast. And I, I did that and got my, got my limit through, you know, a pretty good about a mile circle area back there. But anyway, my point was, is that he, having that live leaderboard there, it adds the nerve factor. I mean, I watched myself climb, climb, climb. And after I started culling everything out, now I'm sitting in third place and I'm a quarter inch out of second. And I'm like one more cull and we've got second and we're bar, you know, we're knocking on first place. You know, it's like, I need, I had a 15 inch or still on the board of it looking to find one of those 18s. If I could have culled that thing out, it would have been game on, but yeah, man, that's a that's a that's a nerve wracking piece yeah. that throws in there that is super exciting to watch Especially, and super exciting to compete. It's a game changer. Like it, it would like for it, I'm thinking about it on the boater side just because that's that's what I've done. If if I had a score tracker like like Bass Pro Tour is going to have next year, I mean, with an hour or two left, if I was in 11th place, I would know. You know, I can go throw this jig down a couple banks and see if I can upgrade these three fish. You know, this might be a win. That would at least tell me, you know, because right now I'm fishing and it's it's just I'm hoping I, I, I'm i either top 10 yep. or, or winning it. I, who knows? Um, I think it adds a different element. I, I think major yeah. league fishing is onto something. Um, and and what I what I've been explained to a lot of people is, you know, there's a lot of people that that hate everything about major league fishing right now. Yep. And rightfully so. Right. They've been FLW uh, fans for their whole life or they've been bass fans for their whole life. But yeah. Um, you know, and there's a few other shows to talk about. Is we it can't fail. We don't want it. It shouldn't fail. Any anything new to the sport should not fail, no. because if it fails, that that has even if you fish bass or or you know bass kayaks here. If if some if one of the pillars fail, that immediately impacts the way that you hurts all of us going forward. So yep, it has to it has to thrive, and I think. Um, I think the I think these companies and I don't put words in anyone's mouth, but I think they're starting to realize that that they need each other more than what they thought they did. 
right? Yep. They, every, everything feeds off of each other. It's all one industry. And you think about how big the industry is, right? The industry is, you know, there and everyone has a spot in it. It's getting bigger, but it's not right now. It's not as, as big as it can be. And it won't be until everyone stops going at each other's necks. <laughs> well, dude, and I, I said this a while back and I still believe this firmly. There are so many anglers that should be sending Christmas cards to those 80 Bass Pro Tour guys that left FLW and Bass because no disrespect meant whatsoever. Had those 80 anglers not left, we would have never heard of their names. Okay, those guys opened the door for a whole new generation of elite hooks to come on up. But you know, I'm sorry. I just if I if I put Edwin Evers, Ott Defoe, and these guys back in the mix again, back on the same old lakes that they've been fishing for the last 20 years, they're gonna clean house. Okay, it's just the way it is. That's how good. I mean, these guys are. There's elite, and then there's another class you know and that's that's what you have sitting up there and the winnings prove it right the winnings the the money and the history it proves it so when they left it opened up so many more opportunities now the downside that's been talked about on on other podcasts out there is that it cut into the money yep it did um but guess what it created non-endemic sponsorship became a priority which is the natural, this is what I believe this new five fish, you know, uh, deal is with MLA. It's, it's the next stage in the evolution. Yeah. I don't think that what the Bass Pro Tour is about to do is the final product. Oh, no. But it most certainly is another step and it's another move forward. And if people stop looking at the, the next step is, is the end all story, if they look mm-hmm. at it as, well, this is the next step in our progression. But like you said, there does need to be an acceptance piece to progression. We have to progress because we're going to outgrow it. Natural resources are not infinite, folks. I mean, and that's so many people don't understand that. And the way I look at, I use it as a, you know, at my everyday job, I I build digital robotics. It's, it's what I do for automations and it's called an iterative, iterative process, right? the first iteration is never going to be as good as the final iteration, right? It's going to get progressively better. There's going to see, we're going to see things that in major league fishing is doing this right now. They're going to see things that they absolutely feel like they should have never done, but you know, do it's how you learn. You can't learn until you, until you make a mistake. Right. Or, or in this case, it's not even a mistake. You can't learn until you figure out something that the anglers don't like, or your viewers don't like, or your sponsors don't like, they can't, they would have come out and hit a home run right away and had a a perfect product. I don't think I would have trusted it as much. Exactly. Well, and and the only way that we're going to know is if people engage and watch and then give feedback, just because you don't like it doesn't mean you got to be a a tool to say, Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm just not a fan of that. You know, I'm not a fan of this. I'm not cool. All right. Well, the anglers clearly listen, they're paying attention and they'll go back and they'll talk it over and they'll continue to, you know, to evolve this thing and make it, you know, better, but to do nothing, to sit back and just keep (laughs) keep things the way they have always been is also equally not an acceptable move. 
Yeah. It's, you can only bury your head in the, in the hydrilla for so long. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the world's changing. Things are happening. Like you said, the, the, our sports growing and we have to, if we're going to be responsible sports uh, people, we have to evolve with it and do what we can so that, so that your kids can have an opportunity to fish and do those type of things. Absolutely. And speaking of, since we last spoke, you've welcomed a new addition to the Fluker family here. How is everybody doing? And uh, and so now you've got yourself, your wife, and two kids now, yes? Absolutely. Yep. Boy two and kids. a girl? Boy and a girl. Yep. That's right. What yep. are their names? Uh, so we have DJ. He's my oldest. Uh, he's actually turning four at the end of this month. And then Zoe, which is my youngest, and she turns uh, seven months on the fourth. Uh, and folks, if you're not following uh, David's uh, fishing page, you need to. His kids are absolutely gorgeous. They're adorable. And DJ, I think, might be a little hook in the making. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he, he ate up with fishing. He loves fishing. That's uh, awesome. He's, he's at that age right now where I can't get him out there for more than a couple hours. But <laughs> during that couple hours, he's fully engaged. <laughs> so I think it was Alton Jones Sr., that gave the best advice when he would take out Alton Jones Jr. When he was little, they would leave the lake when Alton Jones Jr. was having a blast. Yeah, He wouldn't wait until it got so boring and bad. He would, you know, catch five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Awesome, buddy. All right. We're going to hang it up. We're going to yeah. go in for the day and we'll come back out the next time. It, so it basically what it got exactly. And I'm like, now that's some genius next yeah, level yeah, stuff right there. Me I neither. To, to note that one down. Yeah. yeah. I always leave when he's like sitting on the ground, bawling. And <laughs> 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 yep. No, that was, uh, that was always the, the, you know, the, the move. I had a little body of water that I'd take my kids out to and uh, we'd, we'd do a full lap around there. And yeah, we'd usually try to get out after um, it just worked out that we'd leave, you know, after one full lap and the mosquitoes started getting nuts yeah. out there. The state bird of Minnesota. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> skeeters. Exactly. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. I'm trying to think of some of the other news that just uh, just dropped out there. There's a bunch of. Have you? Uh, do you know what your schedule looks like next year for the BFLs in your division? So there's a. I am actually not fishing the BFLs next year. Uh, I am making. The, I'm fishing the Toyotas, the Central Division next year. Sweet. You heard yeah. it here first, folks. Awesome stuff. I. Um, so last year it was, I wanted to, I wanted to take my stab at the, at the Toyota's neck last year. Uh, yep. Unfortunately we, we had a big relocation with a baby. Yep. We're building a house. We have a lot of things kind of going on, but next year is that year. Um, next year is the year that I'm, I'm making the jump up. Uh, so I'll be fishing. Triple A's. There it is. So I'll be going out of, uh, we've got Gunnersville, Lewis Smith and uh, Chickamauga next year. Nice. Chickamauga, I think is how you say it. Chickamauga. Yeah. yeah chick, chick yeah. <laughs> i think i think chick is like the the universally uh accepted uh name for that like so it's chick and then something <laughs> yeah. chick something after but so we're, we're actually going to all these lakes at like some of the primo times man so we'll be at gunnersville in february again uh last year they i heard it was one of the coldest tournaments that anyone's ever fished last year yeah uh, but we'll be we'll be there in february we'll go to lewis smith uh in mid-april and then we'll, we'll be up at chick 
in March. So, so now are you only fishing the one division of the, of the Toyota series? So just the three events. Okay. uh, Those three events. And then we have something here in South Carolina called the CBC. It's a Carolina bass challenge. So I'll be fishing that as well. It's a, it's a partner deal. It's a partner tournament deal. Um, but it's one of the largest in here and, uh, really in this side of the country. And that'll keep you pretty busy then. It'll keep me pretty busy. And then I'm still, I'll jackpot or not jackpot, but I'll, I'll jump in a few, uh, just because I live here on Murray, I'll fish boat. There's, they come to Murray twice next year. So I'll fish Murray twice. Nice. Uh, depending on how I do in the first one, I may fish the second BFL. Um, just cause I still do have that. I still want to get to an All-American. Yeah, uh, that, that's still something. You know, no matter how far I take this, getting to an All-American is still something that I want to scratch off of that uh, sure. career goal list. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's well, that's the plan for next year. And guys, in our sport, we tend to do better the busier we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds counterproductive, but it truly is. It's that time on the water piece, man. You just, you start honing things in. Um, I know the two years that I only got a chance to fish like five events each year. I drove the struggle bus each one of those. Cause I couldn't get out, uh, wreck fishing. You know, I was just, we were moving or COVID hit, you know, it just, things were not working out. And my events, you know, I just couldn't show up the week of practice and expect to do well. Um, yeah. you know, and it, it, cause it's, it's just about those, you know, tiny little decisions that you're making and up there. Those very tiny decisions that you learn from, uh, we call it just windshield time. You yeah. learn from riding around the lake or, you know, or yep. catching a fish or yeah. 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 No, I so that's, it. that's awesome. You're going to stay busy with that. And then, yeah, man, go in with all guns blazing, dude, that's like super, super exciting. That's going to be fun to. Yes, I mean these guys they live and breathe it in the in the Toyota series and that's the triple A's, right? I mean that's the Oh yeah. That's the next step up. So the next this is so the Toyotas are the way to qualify now into the invitationals and the invitationals are the way into the Bass Pro Tour. So yeah. It is the um it is the natural progression for major league fishing, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty big step. There's a lot of guys, a lot of really good guys that fish the Toyotas. Um but the way I, I've always, I, it comes from having an athletic or a sports background. The way I look at it is, you you play up to your competition. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 compete, and if I get my teeth kicked in, you know, I know what to expect for the next time. But I'll be back. I, I say this a lot. I taught this in football um, for all those years that I, that I was coaching. Iron sharpens iron. You know, you cannot go and and you know just stay in a comfy zone. You got to push yourself. It's why we chose to, you know, our first rookie year, we went after, after the all American proud to say we ended up 19th in points, you know, by the end of the season out of, you know, hundred plus pointed anglers that felt pretty good, uh, you know, to, to get out there. Um, the CKB uh, Colorado kayak bass masters. This is a straight killers here in Colorado. These, these guys, um, you know, 20 anglers get in and all 20 have a legitimate shot of winning at just about any body of water they go to. That's awesome to go against that caliber, you know, and that's what you're doing, man. That's, that's what you got to do is keep, keep pushing on that stuff. So, well, that's going to be super fun to, to watch and, and stick with. And yes, we need to figure out something. I have some connections down in the Alabama, North Alabama by Pickwick, literally right on Pickwick there. I know some people, uh, that's where Roman's, you know, headquarters is at now. Um, and like I said, after meeting Josh, I know he fishes Clarksville quite a bit. I'm going to try to get you guys connected for next season. That would be super awesome. And now's the time for you to do this Toyota series, man. You still have, 
fantastic sponsorship. Um, I want to make sure that we cover all the the people that are, you know, these companies that are making this possible for you to go after that. Of course, right out the gates, man, Rat, Rat, uh, is it Ratcliffe? Ratliff Contracting. Ratliff you know, Contracting. Yep. Ratliff is actually my title sponsor. Um, they're, you know, I, I I can't say enough amazing things about Ratliff. They've they've actually stood by me. They can see my dream and uh, and they're doing everything they can to help me get there. And, That's awesome, uh, man. Support like that, and they are non endemic. Obviously, they're they're a roofing company, but support like that. I mean, it, it and I, this is a conversation I just had with them. It, it, it lets me fish clear. I don't have to yeah. think about, you know, how I'm going to, how I'm going to get my next entry fee paid or, you know, it, it allows me to at least take that stress off my shoulders. Um, but then you have um, Blue Rock Custom Tackle, uh, TH Marine Boat Wrench, which thank you, Daniel Trent over at Boat Wrench. He's actually taking care of my boat right now. My boat's actually over at the shop. I just took it there today. Nice. Um, he's taking care of it, making sure that uh, she gets back to me in, in time for me to uh, to get out on the lakes and uh, and do some winter fishing. Very cool. Um, then you got TH Marine, um, Blue Rock Custom Tackle. Can't forget those guys. I'm making an amazing jig and, and other things. They have a lot of other things. The jig is just it's one of those things that I, you know, because it's who I am, it's, it's what I throw. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you got TH Marine power pole mercury. Um, are you working pole. with X2 or are you just running X2 gear right now? Yeah. So I, I am, uh, I am in the, uh, the end process here of, uh, of finalizing the deal here with X2. Um, good stuff. So it's, I think it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, I'll announce it here later on. Uh, but yeah, so it's a, yep. yeah, it's good stuff. So it, it all, random story about that. It came about a relationship with them after my, uh, previous batteries just kind of, I mean, went out, uh, at Lake, at Lake Murray here. And I went and bought with my own money an X2 power battery and, uh, made a few, uh, made a few posts and we, we were kind of talking back and forth. And then, um, amazing at the end of the year here, I got a call and we started talking. So that's, uh, nice. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's, there's some good stuff to come there. Um, X2 is a sponsor uh, partner with the National Professional Anglers Association, which I'm a, a proud member of, uh, one of 1,400 members strong. Um, the MPAA is something that is uh, just a resource for those of us trying to make a living in some fashion or form in fishing. And yeah, X2 is part of that, um, that they nice. support that whole piece there. So we've, um, I run with lithiums now in my uh, in my kayak and I run amped outdoors. They, they're, they're kind of specialized in what they do for us there. But if I still, you know, we're in the boat side of things, I would be looking at X2, you know, obviously just because of their, their continued support of the MPAA, it was a huge, huge thing. Yeah. X2 that, um, even without a partnership with X2, I would still run X2 yep. lithium motor batteries and, and, and a blue top cranking battery uh, just because I believed in, in what they were doing and, and the entrusted in the power. Um, but yeah, to your point, I mean, they support so many different things that, you know, I, I think it's a, I think they're a great company. So. Yeah. And you know, anybody that supports the, any company that supports the MPAA, um, what they're supporting there is not just a, ba- a batch of 1400 different anglers out there. They're also supporting, uh, protecting the fishing industry because the MPAA's president, uh, which is a nonprofit, he uh, makes sure that you know our interests are watched when they're when they're doing dumb things out there, like with that whole battle over the who owns the water, you know, in certain yeah. tributaries where they were not actually even allowing fishermen to go through channels to get to another body of water. 
in some some states because it was actually yeah. the landowners were claiming they owned the top of the water too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, we need to have that. We need a voice out there from the sport fishing industry. Because I mean, you think about charters and captains and fishing guides and you know, tournament side of things. Absolutely, yeah. The impact people are having with that, you know, it's like uh so yeah, it's it's big conservation news and it's it's you know it's big conservation topics that are out there. The MPAA helps represent us out there and give us a voice when it comes to those things. And the benefits are are phenomenal for for its members. Um yeah from a lot of the, a lot of the partners that are out there. So good, good stuff. We like said, yeah, two more before I forget yep. cash and fishing rods, cash and uh, can't forget cash and, and, uh, and Wu tungsten. Uh, those are the That's companies right. that support me. And, um, like we kind of talked about this on the, on the first episode, the first time we talked is, you know, the companies that, that believed in, you know, that believed in me, even as, as a, you know, at, as a discount deal, Type that those companies that were on board with me are companies I'll stick with, you know, for throughout the duration of my career. Um, no matter how high I take the career, um, those are companies that that I'll stick with because they stuck with me. So, yep. yeah, I think that that gets lost a lot in our industry. Everyone's uh, wanting to leave for the hottest, um, the hottest newest jig or the hottest newest rod or the cheapest. Um, but I, you know, I, I won't put a. I won't generalize that and say everyone, but that does get lost in our, in our industry. Everyone, there's no, there's not much loyalty and everyone will jump for the, for the next newest thing. And, That's uh, the key. It's the loyalty factor. There, it's in, unfortunately the financial strain on anglers trying to compete and make the, make, you know, a run at this is so great that it creates, um, it creates, you know, an adversity there that, people fall victim to that greed piece and they think, you know, Oh, if I make this deal, I can get this better. I can go this direction, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, they jump ship. Next thing you know, they're, they're out here doing things in our industry does not take too kindly to that. Look at what happened. Poor KVD. He, he left, you know, uh, uh, one side, he left Oakley to go to a, a company still owned by the same company that owns Oakley yeah. and oh half of his fan base just lost their marbles. And he's like, Whoa, 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 settle down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, he still thinks they're great sunglasses. He's I, just trying to fine tune it. I say that. And I, again, I'm kind of like both sides on everything, but I say that, but the, as far as the loyalty, but I also think about, guys that do this to feed their families and, sure. and I always have to have a compassion part for that where maybe they don't want to leave, but then unfortunately they fish for a living and they have to um, just because maybe dollar money got cut back, which in, in those cases I do understand. But like to your point, he didn't, Kevin, he didn't bad mouth Oakley. He just said, never, I just went here because you know, for yeah. whatever reason. So, and, and guys at our level don't think about that. And you're, no, yeah. I, I, you've got wisdom beyond your ears. Um, in that, and that's uh, why people that are sponsoring you are, are so happy with you and that it's a wise decision to sponsor you because you, you get that part. You understand the business side of that. That's huge. That's, I was just talking with, uh, with a few buddies out there that were the, of the goofball line, like myself that are trying, that are doing this for a living now out here. And it's what we've been saying too, is that we're one title sponsor piece away from being able to carry this thing so much further. You know, 
we right now the title sponsor that I have, you know, with us is uh, Julie Campbell, which is my wife. She's the one that keeps us afloat while I chase this thing, you know, and try to make yeah. something come out of it. But yeah, we we know that it's about who you know and making those contact pieces. So you're in an awesome position. That's that's good stuff. Well, awesome, man. Listen, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up here and uh, and conclude this. I am. We need to make a promise to one another that we are going to try to do this a couple more times throughout this next season. Yeah, we're getting on a regular schedule of every Mondays is when the True Patriot Podcast is going to drop a new episode. I want to try to get on once a week. We're dropping these episodes out there. It just means that uh, I've got a lot of video recording to do during my off season. Um, and, uh, to put a lot of this stuff together, we're, you know, at least, um, once every two weeks, you know, when tournament season kicks in, we may move to that schedule just because I'm on the road, you know, quite a bit, you know, at that point. Um, and we'll do recap videos and things like that, but yeah, man, there'll be plenty of chance for us to, uh, connect up, especially with the Toyota series stuff, man. Let's, uh, you and I stay chatting and that way we can, uh, we can do recaps with you if you want, let you do a full yeah, recap of each one it. of those. That would be awesome. And that'd be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. Next year, I, I'm really going to kick off this year. I, I was going to, but next year I am going to kick off uh, my YouTube and uh, just kind of document, nice. document my journey and um, kind of do like some travel vlogs and, and do recaps and, and everything. So yeah, that'll be fun, man. That, Please do. That's going to be fun to follow you along, man. That's going to be fun to watch you. Yeah, this is uh, it's, and this is by request. Uh, a few people have asked me and they said like, Man, you, you, you've got so much cool stuff going on, but we, you know, this is a day and age where everybody wants to watch a video. He's, you know, and these are from some, I've got buddies that, you know, that are fishing pro trails and everything. They're like, just do it, man. Just do it. Go ahead. Yeah. Who wants to see it? So I think it's good. You know, I think it's, it's good. I, I'm going to do it. Once you get in, I was the same way. It's like videos. Do I really got to get out? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, one of the, I do audio books as I travel. Because uh-huh. like everything for me is like a minimum 12 hours to get to, okay, yeah. from where I'm at. So I do audiobooks, a ton of them. One of them was on digital marketing piece, um, kind of expanding on some of my schooling. And as of 2020, the, the largest search engine is Google, right? Yeah. Everybody knows that. The second largest, that it's the second largest and it has more searches on it then all of the other top five, so three others combined still don't equal number two, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, I can see it. Google owns that too. Yeah, Google's <laughs> a monopoly. They own YouTube. <laughs> People want to see video instructions. They don't want to listen. They don't want to read. They want to go there. There's got to be a video on this. I, I am one of them. Man, I am one of them. I, I'm like. Same. Paint this wall. How do I take this lock off? <laughs> yeah. So it's exactly. You know, I, I'm I'm one of them. I'll just say that. I, yeah. I watch. I, I you'd be surprised with how much YouTube content I consume on a monthly basis. I probably wouldn't now after after getting that schooling because it is it is that powerful of an engine that's out yeah. there. So when you start putting stuff up and you learn the algorithms of YouTube, man, it can really take your brand a, a long, long way. And sponsors love that. That's just more people that are seeing their stuff. 
that's what I, my, my goal is to, I want to give somebody a platform on my page where they can see some cool stuff, but also highlight my sponsors. So okay. I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. I'll come to you for some, uh, I've got some advice uh, or I need some advice. I'll come to you. Yeah. For need advice. I'm not a, a hardcore, you know, experience, but I, I can, I can, I definitely feel like, you know, we've, uh, we've picked up the basics. We understand where we're at there. And now I just need to, I need to commit and go to that next level too. So we'll, yeah. uh, but yeah, we'll do anything we can to help boost your channel, man. We'll, uh, we'll throw it out there for sure. Yeah, so awesome. Well, listen, send all of our best uh, from the, from the land of the true Patriot outfit is here to you and your beautiful family. We can't thank you enough, man, for uh, spending your time with us here. Um, and we are super, super stoked and excited to watch what you do next year, man. That is going to be some awesome, awesome stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. You take care. We will be in touch soon. Awesome. Thank you, sir.